Welcome to Do Not Listen to This Podcast. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? I've got a great, a great interesting guest today. Why don't you introduce yourself and then we'll, we'll get into it. Well, thank you. My name is Rich Lewis, Richard Lewis, uh, professionally as people knew me. Uh, most recently, I was the region president for iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, based mm-hmm. out of the Philadelphia area. Uh, have been in uh, media, marketing, and advertising world for about 45 years. That's great. And, and just so people know, um, thank you for sponsoring and, and supporting Do Not Listen to This Podcast. Half of your donations go to Feeding Stray Cats and Dogs. You can do that at the website, do not listen to this podcast.com. Um, I, you know, I have a background in radio, so I always love talking to radio people. They're always interesting. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. <laughs> well, it can go either way. No, they're always That's inter- true. That's they're, very, very true. It's funny. I mean, I could get into hundreds of radio stories, but um, we're, we're going to focus the conversation on leadership. Um, so let's just jump in a little bit and talk. Why don't you give your take on, because I always find this interesting. Everybody has a different take on what leadership is and isn't. So I'm, I'm interested to hear your take on what leadership is and isn't. Sure. Uh, for me, it was uh, the, the career path was a little bit of a, of a unique and interesting experience because as I got older and got into more of a leadership role, uh, I've suddenly discovered, you know, let, me, let me wind it back a second. When I first started, I was always the youngest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I'm in a leadership position. Now I look around and I'm the oldest guy in the room mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm leading people that are uh, at, at least one generation behind me. And, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of different departments in the, in the job I had of programming and promotions and sales and the finance side and the engineering side. So, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you herd these cats yeah. and try to get everybody to move in the same direction? I, and it really came down to, you know, leadership from the standpoint of, how would I want to be treated? Mm-hmm. You know what? You know, we always say, you know, if I ever ran this thing, this is what I would be doing, and this is how I would do it. Well, you know, I actually did that. Mm-hmm. So my a few creeds that I followed in terms of leadership were: one, I will always treat people the way I would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Two, I always gave people the chance to speak their mind. There wasn't a okay, it's my way or a highway. It was a you know everybody's got an opinion. Everybody gets to throw it into the pot. Unfortunately, or fortunately for me, at the end of the day, I'm the one who has to decide which button we're going to push. But everybody's input is is valuable. Uh, and three, it really came down to uh, if if you're going to work with me, work on the team, you got to you got to work it like you own it. You know, you, you have to have a vested stake in this, at least from a mental perspective. Uh, and there were some people that just you know couldn't abide by that. You're the boss. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to, you know, ruffle waves. I don't want to give any opinion to everybody. Yeah, I think this is, you hit, you're, you're hitting on a really interesting point that when, when we do leadership trainings and, and workshops and coaching, whatever you want to call it, um, it's interesting because the leader may really want to do something, but getting the followers to trust that that's okay. And it's safe. You know, yeah, it, 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 I mean, was, it, was, it was a challenge. There were always three different buckets of people. Uh, you, you'll find that, that I, I break things down in third, you know, the one bucket of people were no matter what you decide or what we do, this is stupid. I don't know why we're doing it. I don't want to do it. 
but we're doing it. Yeah. Then the other third of people were like, oh my God, yeah, this is great. Fantastic. Right. Um, yeah. I, you know, a, a positive experience. Okay. Let's go, 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 go. Right. And the other third and the percentages are probably off were the ones that were really apathetic. And that, that's actually the hardest group because the people who were negative at least had passion and, and the apathetic group were like, yeah, you know, well, okay, no, they're also, fine. they tend to be the majority. Which is really interesting, right? That's the, very true. The, you very, know, the, very the true. extremes of equal themselves out, and you know, they, you could almost have a cage match between the two, and that would sort it out. Um, <laughs> but it is the it's the ones that are apathetic or aren't really giving you what their real feelings are or attitudes. So you don't know yeah. until, and you don't know until you're deeper into the into the process. Well, and I think you, you, you have to, it, it took me years to learn this. I think you have to swallow the, the bitter pill of people are not going to be necessarily as motivated as you for different reasons. And they shouldn't some be. People, and they shouldn't right, be. Right, absolutely. <laughs> That's why they're not the leader. That's why they're not the leader. Absolutely. But, but, but you know, you, you, at least in my case, it was always like, well, I aspired to be the leader. I aspired for the higher position. And I ah. think everybody else wants that. And so we're all kind of at our own pace or at our own mm. luck, all moving in the same direction. But that it, it's not true whatsoever. You have some people like, look, this is my job. I think about it at 8.59 a.m. before I walk through the door at 9 o'clock. And at 4.59 p.m., I unplug myself mentally and I'm done, even though that might not be the job. And I don't want to grow. I have no aspirations of a new position. I don't really care if I'm making more money unless you're going to give me a raise. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It took me a long time to accept that that existed in the world. And how do you how do you motivate those people? How do you get them to to you know to do what you need them to do? Right. And that was that was probably one of the hardest things to do over the career. But you know you you, you work with people on an individual basis, and I think the, the answer to that question is you just show them that you care about them. You know they're they're not just a cog in the wheel. And right. if you give them a modicum of respect, you at least get some of that back. That you know, even though this is the box I'm working in, I'll give you the best I can out of that. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're the, at, at the at, in the whole process, you're trying to get effectiveness and efficiency and yeah, productivity, productivity and responsibility yeah, and accountability and and you know, step up and you're, you're that's all you're really trying to get from everybody. True. I mean, but you know, sometimes they were easier to, you know, and, and this might sound a little caustic, but the, the, the bad apples were really easier to weed out because they were non-productive. They were non-cooperative. You know, they didn't really care. They weren't really good at the job. Okay, fine. I'm going to leave and I'm going to go do something else. That wasn't really that hard, nor was that the problem. The problem people were the good people. And that sounds a little oxymoronic, but they were good. They didn't aspire to be very good. They didn't aspire to be great. They weren't bad, but they 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 were the you know they were the slowest rower in the boat. And at yeah. the end of the day, the slowest rower in the boat really kind of decides how fast the boat's going. We uh, we we always tend to try to get people to identify the gossipers. The gossipers tend to be the problem in all groups of all sizes you know, yeah yeah they, i mean they, and they always they're, they're, stirring the pot, they're stirring the pot behind the scenes and they you know and they think they're the leader and they're not and 
Stop. Well, the, we're, uh, one of the ways I try to work around those guys, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, is I always try to give everybody a voice. Mm-hmm. And so you have a voice. So if you disagree with a project or you think it should be blue instead of green, I want you to say so. Have some valid, you know, some yeah. validation behind why outside of, well, I think you're stupid and I, I would do it this way instead. Give me some valid reasons. And, and candidly, over the years, uh, my mind was changed by other people of like, okay, let's give that a try. Let, let's do this. Yeah, that's, I, that's... Jumped on the, I jumped on the, on the people that gossiped right away. Like, look, dude, you had your shot in the meeting to bring it up four times. Now is not the time. Well, yeah, no, exactly. That's, yeah, that's right. You got to call, you got to call them out on it. You know, you got you to absolutely and you, you got to create a culture where other people will also call them out on it when they're at lunch. Like, you know, why are we talking about a, B and C behind their backs? Well, you know, it's like, yeah. You know, and candidly that, that really is what happened. I yeah. mean, it, it wouldn't be me hearing about it, like, you know, overhearing it through the bathroom stall, sure. like you see in movies, it would be like somebody saying to them, look, you got a problem, you got to bring it up. And because you had a chance to bring it up, and now you're being a nudge yeah. by bringing it up to me over lunch. And I don't want to hear your drama. I always you know? used to, when I was running the radio networks, and I was running five of them at the same time. And they were, most were comedy, but some were uh, a country and one was sports. I used to say, because it was time management thing, right? I used to say to people, look, I, you can come into my office with any problem, but I better hear at least two or three solution ideas from you. Don't, yeah. just, come, don't just come in here, you know, expecting me to solve your problem because I got enough problems I got to solve. And that tended to weed out the gossipers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because some people just naturally, you know, like to bellyache. Yeah. about things. Um, but, you know, I got to tell you, the, the, the one nice thing about the career looking back, and, and, and it's true, pe- people are people, people are the same people everywhere, but there were nuanced differences. Sure. Because as yourself, I mean, I used to travel around the country, have to oversee different radio stations in different markets. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in West Virginia, I was in Illinois, I was in, you know, in Pennsylvania, uh, I was down south, I was in upstate New York, d- different places. And there were different I would label it techniques that people used. But at the end of the day, the, 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 the drama was always the same kind of drama. It was the people, like you had said, it's the people talking behind the scenes or not feeling like they're part of the part of the picture. They might have used different words. They might have uh, articulated it differently. But, uh, you know, people are people. Yeah, no, it's true. And, you know, radio, I mean, it's changed so much since when I was in it. And I, and I was fortunate. I got to work in radio in every state. Um, you know, That's huge. And, and I actually, I actually traveled to every state except Alaska. Alaska is the only state I haven't been to. Um, but you know, I had, cause I had my own business where I had clients in every state. So you had to learn at that time it was more state culture, you know, cause it was very, very clickish, you know, back then yes. when it was, when it was just, when there was a limit on how many people, how many stations could be owned. I got out of it before it became the conglomerate stuff. Crazy. But then, but then <laughs> I, I, but then I ultimately consulted all those companies and, and, and that was interesting. Those were interesting days. Um, nice. What, well, what has been the most challenging thing that has happened to you in a leadership role? Uh, I, I guess the most challenging was keeping up 
with the rapid changes, I mean, you, you, you kind of yeah. alluded to there a, a little bit in, in, in when you were talking about when you were in it. I mean, the world just changed so mm-hmm. much so fast mm-hmm. it, along the lines of, uh, you know, to, to a little inside baseball and radio from what you talked about. The original model was you were allowed to own seven AM stations and seven FM stations mm-hmm. across right. the country. Uh, when I was at the height of my career, the, the company I worked for owned 900 radio stations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so not only did you have that, but you also then, you know, add in satellite radio, add in streaming radio, add in uh, you know, music libraries online. Mm-hmm. And how do you navigate all of that? Get people interested in what you've got going on. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you say radio to somebody who's you know, 23 years old today, <laughs> they don't know what you're talking a about. big difference than saying uh, radio to somebody 23 years old back in, you know, 1975. No, no, people, people forget radio. I mean, this is, I mean, people forget that radio was a precursor to the internet. Oh God. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Was, yeah. Back was, then, you know, internet didn't exist. No. And you, you know, your, your, you know, your 50,000 watt AM stations were the Googles and the, you know, the search engines. Cause you could hear them all across at night. You could hear them all across the country. And they, they, those were the original networks. That's how yeah. technology allowed you to be a, a network yeah. radio station or a network radio group by being able to be heard in, you know, you know, 13 different states across the that's right uh, across the country but I, I think to put a, a pin on the on the on the head of the question uh, it was uh, how do you continue to motivate people in an ever-changing world because you know, yeah. again the average age of the people I worked with everybody was in their 20s you know and here sure. I am in my 40s and 50s uh like you know I'm the old boomer and these you know, kids today how, these kids, kids today. today you know kids today but how, how do you how do you get them motivated and excited and be excited about it yourself now I on the good side had the natural curiosity and love the tech I mean I'm I'm mm-hmm. one of them I just absolutely love the newest toys where are we going you know kick me into the dark end of the or the deep end of the of the swimming pool because I want to see if we can swim in this. So it was a little bit of a natural thing for me. But right. again, trying to get everybody excited about, okay, yeah, we, you know, we're playing the next Justin Bieber song on this FM station again. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> you know? No, it's really funny. That, that, was, that was a tough leadership part. So it's funny because my, my leadership role in radio was a little different, right? So I, I actually started working in radio when I was around 12. I was doing character voices for a I was neighbor, 15. A Good neighbor, for you, man. A neighbor of ours was a, a big morning show guy in Columbus, Ohio. So I was always hanging out at the big radio stations in Columbus. And so I grew up in radio stations. I knew it, right? And so um, I, when I got to, when I, I got out of college and I started my first business, business, which was writing comedy for radio stations in 1984 using email, when nobody knew what the hell that was. Yeah. Um, that was what uh, WMMR became one of my clients and or, or they were one of my clients and then they ultimately hired me and brought me in. But I was 21, you know? Yeah. And, I, and when I was running the radio networks, I was 25. Yeah, you, know? you were the smart ass young guy. I that was, you- yeah, that's right. And, and I was, you know, 25 and in charge of, you know, $20 million budget. And- yep. <laughs> And nobody, yeah. had, nobody had to pull me aside and said, okay, here's what you got to do. It was just it, you know? And so it was, it was easier for me because 
I knew I wasn't going to stay. I knew I was leaving at some point in time. So I could always get people to rally around because I could say, look, I'm not going to be here forever and couldn't care less. And so yeah. there was never like, it was, they always could just find their way. I think it's harder when you're older and then they're, they're, you know, they're, you, you, it's just harder, you know, to motivate. Well, you know, it's just, you know, you, you've got to live up a little bit to the, to the company and facades the wrong word, but I'll use that of this is a great place to work. We want you to grow your career here. We want you to stay. Not that we want you to stay in the specific job in the specific town you're in, right. But, you know, you're, you're trying to build loyalty to the brand. And, right. and, I, and I say that, again, as a positive thing. Of you you right. want to be proud of the place that you work. And, and I felt part of my role was getting people to try to feel that way in a, in, in a genuine way. Of uh, Yeah, it's a great company. Yeah, it's exciting. Yes, it's challenging. But, yeah, you can make money, make a career, and, and have some fun doing it at the same time. And trying to herd all those cats again and, and you mm -hmm. know, to move in the same direction, that's – on paper, it's a great plan. You know, yeah, as the old right. goes, it never know, works out that way. When punches you in the face, you know, the plans go right out the window. Yeah, yeah, you have to have a plan so that you can throw it out the window to deal with what's going on. Absolutely. As a, as a leader, what's been your biggest surprise? What's been the biggest surprise? Uh, I, I, I think the biggest surprise was regardless of, and, and you've experienced this, regardless of the format or type of music or department, um, people are people. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the motivations at the end of the day were pretty much the same, mm -hmm. meaning whether I'm dealing with a young whippersnapper sales rep or, mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 the girl who's excited to be the new afternoon jock on the country station or, the, you know, the engineer that's been doing it for the last, you know, 437 years. And he was around when Marconi lit up the first yeah. one. And the uh, engineer started, that came with the tower. Absolutely. Man, I knew included, included with the package. <laughs> one of my favorite great. one of my favorite engineering stories is really funny i was in, i was a union rep too but the engineers were renegotiating their contracts and this was right when people were starting to use fax machines and okay people didn't realize this but i, I helped them with the contract i looked at the contract i said you know you, you have a you have something here that you could just you could get so much money if you leveraged it and they're like what and i said in your contract really you are the only people that are allowed to use and work the fax machine at any radio stations. Oh my God. It was in the contract because the fax oh machine God. before was this big giant thing. Yeah, I, I remember talking a boss into buying one. I mean, he and thought it, it was a stupid idea. And, and it was right when it was starting to become the most important tool, right? And yep. I said, look, you guys, I'm telling you, you can get a million dollars per person because you just shut down the whole thing because contractually they can't. And they ultimately wow. ended up getting some things that they wouldn't have gotten because they had to release that clause. Yeah, um, but that's yeah, a great story, man. Yeah, no, so yeah. It's, I, love, I love that. What, but but so, you know, going, back to, going back to the original answer, I, I, every, everybody's motivation in the end, I think is the same. You know, regardless of whether or not they looked at it as a career or not, they want to be treated with respect. They want to feel like they're yeah. part of something. Yeah, they don't want to be treated like dirt. And if you can manage those, you know, verticals, yeah. uh, people will do great work for you. No, I think you're right. You. And I, th I think a lot of people, it's like when you bring it down to the respect thing, it's an interesting thing because you just say to people like, oh, you want to be respected, which is, you know, no, everybody wants that, right? 
It's yep. like, well, when are you going to start doing that? When are you going to start respecting the other people? <laughs> that's how well, you're going to. That's how you're going to get respect, right? You know, you're, yeah. Well, it always turned around like you. Know, you can't be a jackass. I mean, you. you nobody's going to give you respect. You got to, regardless of whether you're pushing it up or pushing it down. You have right. to earn it. You know, yeah. So you have to be honest. You have to be genuine. You have to be yourself. Everybody's going to have good days and bad days. And the, and the biggest problem, I think, with most business today, regardless of the of whatever it may happen to be, is you've got a lot of people who are just trying to get ahead and will just shred anybody who's in the way and not really care about anybody else as long as I'm getting my job done. So, I mean, right. I'm, I'm sure anybody listening and yourself, we've all worked for bad people. Yeah, we've I mean, look, it's that's life, right? You know, yeah, we've I, all I, had you, bad relationships. Yep, absolutely. But you have to be able to isolate that in your head and go, okay, when I get a shot or I can move on, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. Yes. and you know, it's the it's the old drip, 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 drip. You know, we all change the world a little bit at a time so slowly you don't even notice it until it's already happened. No, it's very it's very true. What so looking back, what's been your proudest moment as a leader so far? Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a, try not to get too specific on it to make it too boring. I, I think one of the biggest challenges, the biggest challenge I had in my career was I started uh, overseeing the Philadelphia operation after the company bought three different companies in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I started the Monday after 9-11. No, that's not... That's not a fun and time. It's not a fun situation goal, or a fun yeah, time. It was, uh, it was, let's say it was character building. Uh, my, yeah. my role was to take three completely separate companies, which was purchased by a fourth company, right. move them all into one building. That's always fun. And, and see if you can make them a cohesive unit. So these were people who were trying to, you know, bloody each other. Yeah, on they've a, been on a competitors. Yeah, they've been, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were all competitors. They all had different which, ways. Which were the stations? Oh God! Uh, back then, for uh, for anybody who knows Philadelphia, it was WIOQ, WJJZ, WDAS, WUSL. Right. Uh, there were one or two other ones in there too, but there there were three distinct different companies. That yeah, had different and, and highly competitive against each other. Previously. Yeah, and so my job was okay, everybody. I'm going to start the campfire, and we're going to exactly. sit around and hold hands and sing campfire songs together. Exactly. <laughs> And I, I get it. It was it was tough. Sure. Uh, it it took a couple of years, as as everything in business, it always costs more money mm-hmm. and takes longer than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it it worked. That's great. Um, and uh, I, I I I I attribute that to not any you know great management training or having you know the 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 coolest toys that the the big company would have. It's just you know treating people like good people. Well, you and, also you, you, you knew you knew the situation you were walking into was a no win situation, so you accepted that. And then Correct. that's that's how you win. That's how you win in no win situations is accepting yeah. that. It's well, let Rich do it. Uh, you know, he doesn't yeah. care. No, that's how most good managers get. Actually, you know, most what people understand is a lot of time your first management job isn't because you did anything good. It's because the person wants to set you up as a target. I mean, that was my that's how I became the producer of the radio show. The GM was afraid we were going to lose in ratings and he was buddy buddy with the program director. And wow. He said, you got to be the producer. And I'm like, I'm okay. And then I negotiated that they couldn't quantify my success or failure on the next rating book. They had to wait till six rating books because up until then it wasn't me. 
And then, so uh, okay. I, I, count, I knew what they were doing. I just countered, I countered their nonsense, right? Because yeah. I had good mentors. And that's usually, most of the time, your first management job is not because you're doing great. It's because you're the target. You, oh, well, let's, let's throw them into the wolves kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I'll make it a little less sinister. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish this on my best friend because it's going to be, a, a, you know, I'll use your terminology earlier, a no-win situation of right. like, I wouldn't want to put any, anybody I know through this stress. We'll mm -hmm. throw you in and mm -hmm. see what happens. No, exactly. uh, and the good people work their way through it. Well, that's right. It's, it, it, it is, you, you almost, you need that experience. It's that you need that trial by fire experience. Very um, true. I, I don't think anybody who's ever moved up and anybody who looks to move up in the world, get, get that out of your head. They're like, well, you know, I'm, uh, I'll be ready in another year. I'll be ready you know, in another six You're never like, ready to be. A, you're never ready. So never, I mean, unless it's a specific technical skill, you just jump in and do it. Well, that's you know? right. I mean, leadership is not, you are never ready for whatever leadership role you're taking on. That, that is that's very true. The, that's just the way it is. What would you say, what, if you were talking to people that are new leaders or whatever, what would you tell them the biggest mistakes to avoid? What would be your advice? What would be your mentoring to, you know, new, new leaders? Uh, I, I, I think, I think the biggest problem is there's no easy way of doing it. And, mm -hmm. and the easy way of attempting to do it is to try to treat everybody the same. I mean, you're going to treat every department kind of sort of the same and know that you can't set up different rules for different people, but you really do have to get granular. I mean, it, it's a bad sports analogy, but you know, every player in the team is a different person yeah. and you've got to know what fires them up or, or doesn't light them up or motivates or demotivates them. And you as the leader have to figure out how to, how to do that. Uh, second, part the other side of that coin is do not expect the leaders that work for you to have the same leadership qualities you have yeah. like you know suddenly you know oh okay person b is now my assistant vp of blah 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 yeah. i can turn my back on that no no there, no no that's uh you, you it, it's the same issues and you have to work with them and try to impair not impair uh, impart on them right. the the same mentality that you have in terms of how to treat people um mm -hmm. and it, it's tough it's because yeah. it, you're dealing with people i always people like to, i always like to say if everybody likes you there's a problem and if everybody doesn't like you there's a problem if yes. it's kind of in the middle you're okay <laughs> yeah i think steve jobs said it once of like you know if you want everybody to like you go sell ice cream you know yeah, yeah. Um, and even then they won't like it because they'll complain about whatever you know the, oh this has that in it and you know you, yep. you can't, you, well, you can't it, even it go sell ice cream True. It, it, it kind of goes back full circle to how we started of at the end of the day, if you give everybody the opportunity to have their input in, but they have to know that the buck's got to stop someplace. Yeah. And if something works or doesn't work, it's really on your shoulders. Yeah, that's okay, right. Okay, guys, we're all going to start wearing, you know, burgundy blazers now to work. I think it's a great idea and I think it'll be great for the team. Yeah. You can't six months down the road go, oh, well, that was Roger's problem. Yeah, yeah He's, exactly. His idea. No, I'm the one who said, let's do yeah. this. Yeah. Let's do this. And, 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 this, and the success is everybody's and the failure is yours. That's right. Well, and, um, what what would you want people who have listened all the way up to this far into the podcast? And they, they do. I check the stats. They do. Um, Excellent. <laughs> they listen this far. Um, what would you want them to take away from, from this episode? 
I, I, I would say that everything we've talked about is true no matter what you're doing, whether you're running a big company, whether you're a one man show, whether you're running a family and, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, the, the two kids and the dog. Uh, it, it, I, I think it helps you in life. Uh, you know, treat everybody with a little bit of respect, mm-hmm. you know, set up the ground rules as uh, if your mom, look, we're, we're, we're having Brussels sprouts tonight, damn it. Uh, whether or not you like it, but you gave everybody the input and they could say pizza and mac and cheese, but you know, we, we have to make some allowances. So re- regardless of whatever it is, I think if we all respect each other a little bit more and that, that takes time, that takes effort. It's too easy to just like, yeah, you know, I'm the boss and here's the way we're going to do things. Um, it's harder work, but I think life is better no matter where you are and what you're doing in the end. I I love that. That's fantastic. And thanks for coming on to the show. I loved every moment of it. Thank you for having me, my friend. My pleasure.